Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. Uh, today we're actually wrapping up 1 Samuel. We're, we're going to be done with 1 Samuel. Uh, we we'll are, even start 2 Samuel. Yeah, we get a little bit into 2 Samuel. Got some chronicles sprinkled in there. Honestly, this is interesting. So we are going to get, we're going to get a couple accounts of the death of Saul. So, uh, Chris, could you explain, like, why are we getting different accounts of the same thing? Right. So, we've, we're getting the account from Samuel and also from the book of Chronicles. Uh, both of those books were written by different people, and they were written to different audiences. And so, what the author was accomplishing for his audience, they feel that certain details are a little bit more important. And so, some people see this even as we do talk about Saul's dying. One account says that he fell on his sword and died. The other account says that a Malachite guy was came to him and Saul begged him to put him out of his misery, so he did kill him. Is it a discrepancy? Is it one of those, you know things that proves the Bible is not true. I don't think that's the case. Uh, in fact, they could actually both be still be true, that Saul could have fallen on a sword, but maybe not finished the job, and the Amalekite ended up finishing it for him. So we do have that. Uh, but I think it's just different perspectives on the same events. It doesn't mean that they're, they're contradictory. It definitely makes a ton of sense that Saul's going to fall on his own sword. He's not going to die right away. And then like, I mean, not to be like too graphic about it, but obviously if you run a sword through yourself, you're not going to immediately die. And so this other guy comes by and kills him. Like both accounts are definitely true uh, and they're definitely of the same incident. And I mean, the, the big picture here is that we've got the reign of Saul, Israel's first king, uh, and a not a good king coming to an end. Uh, and it's, this is a, it's a sad passage. Um, Saul wasn't a great king, but you kind of see just that his descent has finally ended in death. And it extends the death of his sons. That's probably the sadder part. That's of the more painful thing that Jonathan is part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, actually just as we're reading today, I was like, ah, oh, there's Jonathan's name. He died here. Yep. Um, and Obviously, David is mourning the loss of Saul because we see that he valued him as the Lord's anointed and didn't want to take matters into his own hands. But he is definitely mourning the loss of his good friend, Jonathan, mm-hmm. the guy who was his deep friend, uh, that he's lost both of them in a single day. Uh, it's, just, it's a sad day in the history of Israel. What's interesting to me at the at the close of the reading today is that David uh, has this song written and he wants everybody to learn this song. And so if you put yourself in David's shoes, he has avoided killing this guy several times. Uh, it feels like to me, as we've read this account of Saul's life, the, the, the highlights are actually lowlights. Like he's done horrible things. Uh, this song lifts up Saul in a pretty great light. Kind of paints him with a good a good brush. It it does, and and how honorable is it? You know, th- this could have been David's moment to be like, yeah, finally, like, he was so evil, and I am so great. Uh, but it is important to David to recognize God's anointed, even though he's fallen this horrible descent. Uh, and not only does he recognize it, he orders that this be recognized throughout the land. It, it kind of reminds me, uh, I don't know where it is, but the scripture talks a lot about not rejoicing in the struggles yeah. of the wicked or or those, like you really, I mean, David has a depth of his character that here's the guy that just caused him so much turmoil in his life for so many years, and he's truly lamenting and mourning his loss. Uh, it's It's pretty remarkable. 
he actually, so if you, like I encourage you, listen to the reading, read it for yourself. But um, one, of the, one of the stanzas in this song, Oh, How the Mighty Heroes Have Fallen in Battle, he's talking about Saul. Um, Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother, Jonathan. Oh, how much I loved you. And your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women. We actually talked about that uh, in one of the earlier episodes. Mm -hmm. Jonathan and David have this incredible friendship um, that we have. We've talked about at length. So if you want to hear that and you missed that, go back and you can listen to that for yourself. Um, But, but David is in a, like a pretty sad spot. Um, And at the same time, David is going to now take over this kingdom. So this really is kind of the close of a big chapter in Israel's history, closing the chapter on Saul and his kingship. And we're going to pick it up now with David actually becoming king. We know he's been anointed and God was going to put him in in the kingship uh, many years ago. He's known this for many years and his life hasn't been easy in the meantime, but he's finally going to actually get to take that position. And we're going to start to see that tomorrow. All right. So we're going to continue this journey into second Samuel now. Uh, So we'll see you again tomorrow. See ya. Bye. First Samuel 30, starting in verse one, three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town in Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could not weep anymore. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out and they came to the brook of Besor. But 200 of his men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he hadn't had anything to eat or drink within three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked him. I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite, he replied. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Carathites in the Negev, the territory of Judah, and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned Ziklag. Will you lead me to this band of raiders, David asked. The young man replied, If you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines in the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken, and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other's livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. 
Then David returned to the brook at Besor and met up with 200 men who had left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men, and David greeted them joyfully. But some evil troublemakers among David's men said, They didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder we recovered. Give them their wives and children and tell them to be gone. But David said, No, my brothers, don't be selfish with what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat this band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, David made this a decree and a regulation for Israel, and it is still followed today. When he arrived at Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were his friends. Here is a present for you, taken from the Lord's enemies, he said. The gifts were sent to the people in the following towns David had visited. Bethel, Ramoth, Negev, Jatir, Aror, Sifmoth, Eshtomah, Raskal, the towns of the Jeremothites, the towns of the Kenites, Hormah, Borashan, Atak, Hebron, and all the places David and his men had visited. Here is a list of the men from Manasseh who defected to David as he was returning to Ziklag. Adna, Jazabad, Jediel, Michael, Jazabad, Elihu, Zilathai, each commanded a thousand troops from the tribe of Manasseh. They helped David chased down bands of raiders, for they were all brave and able warriors who became commanders in his army. Day after day, more men joined David until he had a great army like the army of God. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Geboah. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchushua. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him severely. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to run me through and taunt and torture me. But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died beside the king. So Saul, his three sons, his armor-bearer, and his troops all died together that same day. When the Israelites on the other side of the Jezreel Valley and beyond the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his three sons on Mount Geboah. So they cut off Saul's head and stripped off his armor. They then proclaimed the good news of Saul's death in their pagan temple and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of the Ashtoreths, and they fastened his body to the wall of the city of Bethshan. But when the people of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors traveled through the night to Bethshan and took the bodies of Saul and his sons down from the wall. They brought them to Jabesh, where they burned the bodies. Then they took their bones and buried them beneath the tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Geboah. 1 Chronicles 10, 1-14 Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Geboah. 
The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Melchishua. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, Take your sword and kill me, before these pagan Philistines come to taunt and torture me. But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died. So Saul and his three sons died there together, bringing his dynasty to an end. When all the Israelites in the Jezreel Valley saw that their army had fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his sons on Mount Geboah. So they stripped off Saul's armor and cut off his head. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death before their idols and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of their gods and they fasted they fastened his head to the temple of Dagon. But when everyone in Jabesh-Gilead heard about everything the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors brought the bodies of Saul and his sons back to Jabesh. Then they buried their bones beneath the great tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. So Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He failed to obey the Lord's command and even consulted a medium instead of asking the Lord for guidance. So the Lord killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. Jonathan was the father of Mirabal. Mirabal was the father of Micah. The sons of Micah were Pithon, Melech, Terah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jada. J- Jada was the father of Alameth, Azimuth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Binia. Binia's son was Rephina. Rephina's son was Eliasa. Elzasa was son of Azel. Azel had six sons, whose names were Azakram, Bokaru, Ishmael, Shariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. 2 Samuel 4.4 4. Saul's son Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth, who was crippled as a child. He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she hurried away, she dropped him, and he became crippled. 2 Samuel chapter 1 After the death of Saul, David returned from his victory over the Amalekites and spent two days in Ziklag. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's army camp. He had torn his clothes and put dirt on his head to show that he was in mourning. He fell to the ground before David in deep respect. Where have you come from? David asked. I escaped from the Israelite camp, the man replied. What happened? David demanded. Tell me how the battle went. The man replied, our entire army fled from the battle. Many of the men are dead and Saul and his son Jonathan are also dead. How do you know Saul and Jonathan are dead? David demanded of the young man. The man answered, I happened to be on Mount Goboa, and there was Saul, leaning on his spear, with the enemy chariots and charioteers closing in on him. When he turned and saw me, he cried out to me to come to him. How can I help? I asked him. He responded, Who are you? I am an Amalekite, I told him. Then he begged me, Come over here and put me out of my misery, for I am in terrible pain and want to die. So I killed him, the Amalekite told David, for I knew he couldn't live. Then I took his crown and his armband, and have it brought them here to you, my lord. David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow when they heard the news. They mourned and wept and fasted all day for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the Lord's army and the nation of Israel because they had died by the sword that day. Then David said to the young man who brought the news, Where are you from? And he replied, I am a foreigner.
foreigner, an Amalekite, who lives in your land. Why were you not afraid to kill the Lord's anointed one, David asked. Then David said to one of his men, Kill him. So the man thrust his sword into the Amalekite and killed him. You have condemned yourself, David said, for you yourself confess that you killed the Lord's anointed one. Then David composed a funeral song for Saul and Jonathan, and he commanded that it be taught to the people of Judah. It is known as the Song of the Bow and is recorded in the book of Jasher. Your pride and joy, O Israel, lies dead on the hills. O how mighty... How the mighty heroes have fallen. Don't announce the news in Gath. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice, and their pagans will laugh in triumph. When the mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor fruitful fields producing offerings of grain. For there the shield of the mighty heroes was defiled. The shield of Saul will no longer be anointed with oil. The bow of Jonathan was powerful, and the sword of Saul did its mighty work. They shed the blood of their enemies they, and pierced the bodies of mighty heroes. How beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan. They were together in life and in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O women of Israel, weep for Saul, for he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing and garments decorated with gold. O how the mighty heroes have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother Jonathan. O how much I loved you, and your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women." Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen, stripped of their weapons, they lie dead. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.